0: Warning. This podcast may contain content that some may find triggering. Also, this podcast is in no way trying to glorify the life or lifestyle of the subject, but rather document it for educational, historical, and artistic purposes. All good things must come to an end, including the Queen of New Orleans. I got some beat my leg gonna make a dead man come on. I got something between my legs, gonna make a dead man come on. Yeah. I'm gonna turn back my mattress and lift you all my springs. I won't Hello, my name is Summer, and this is Paying For It. Hello, welcome back. Thank you for being here for episode five and the final part of Norma Wallace's story. If you haven't already, I highly suggest you go back and listen to part one and part two before listening to part three. I mean, to each is your own though, so if you were like, no thanks, I just want to listen to the end of her life story, here you are. But I mean, you're missing the best parts if you do that. (laughs) Anyways, we're in a little bit of a different location because it was a little bit too loud out in my living room today to record this, but I am sticking to a schedule, so here I am. Also, I have a some back pain that I'm suffering from so um yeah I might not be full energy today but um the show must go on so here we are we're in my bedroom uh and I hope you don't miss the orange lights the groovy orange lights too much we'll be back next week I promise all right yes so with that. Like I said, I do have a little bit of back pain, so today we are sipping on a mocktail. And all this really is is fresh-squeezed lime juice, lemon juice, and ruby red grapefruit topped with ginger beer. I also have whiskey stones in this glass, and before you're like, um, excuse me, that's not what those are for. I know, and I don't care. So here we are whiskey stones in my mocktail love it for myself okay um this is the second time I've gone down this journey and but I found myself just as fascinated with her story this time around than I did last time around and I hope you are enjoying her story as well she is a fascinating lady and yeah, I mean, she got to meet some very, very interesting characters. Um, Also, just a reminder that my video versions are currently now subscription only, and especially for this one, this her Norma story, I found some highly awesome, highly awesome, some super awesome visuals to go along with this story. So if you're liking, if you're liking me and you're liking the stories I'm telling, I suggest you consider subscribing and watching the video versions so that you can see all the history as well. Um, yeah. So I guess with that, grab yourself a cocktail, if of age, a mocktail, or a coffee, or whatever you fancy, sit back, and let's get into the final part of normal Wallace. And cheers. I haven't tried this, so if it's horrible, you're gonna find out with me right now. <laughs> oh, that's delicious. That's delicious, that tastes like a sour soda, honestly. <laughs> okay, here we go. Joe Gioroso could have been another friend to Norma. If only things had gone that way, though. (sighs) So yeah, Joe Gioroso could have been another friend to Norma, one to allow the queen to live just a little bit longer, but someone wasn't going to play the game very fairly, causing things to go a little bit haywire. This also caused Norma to no longer have the upper hand, or patience to go about playing the game anymore. Norma will stumble slightly and then, like we've come to learn of her, recover and leave the game gracefully. However, Norma's story doesn't end as gracefully, sadly. We will get there though. Alright, so we're in the early 60s, Chet Morrison just lost the race for governor, and we have a new police player to enter the game. He, to Norma, seemed like he could easily have been won over, so Norma does what Norma does, she sets up a meeting with an envelope, She will personally deliver, except he doesn't quite accept her offer. Oh, come on. You know we all know how to play this game. He didn't want to take it. He was afraid to take it, actually. He was afraid that she would spill her guts on everyone if things came down to it. Because remember, politically, things are looking a little sketch. For those in vice. She left this one off. He was playing coy. He would come around. There would be another battle. She knew he was, he was being coy because, well, he hadn't arrested her for trying to bribe an officer. So, yeah, she knew she might have him in her pocket. It didn't matter though because she had the mare so deep in her pocket. He didn't even care that. He pretty much flaunted the fact that he was a regular at Norma's, even going as far as driving and parking the city car in front of her house. The funny thing was, the mayor's backers could ask him nicely to please not be so public about it by not driving the city car, but they couldn't even try to ask him not to go as they had all been to norma's most multiple times and still going now keep in mind norma is still letting her temper get the best of her at this point she is kicking mac out all the time and yeah still very much a firing rosemary every 10 minutes <laughs> she was also still taking care of her mom And if you remember from the last part, her mom is still suffering from alcoholism and just also uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's and has a temper herself that she most love likes to take out on Norma. But Norma loves her mom, so she cared for her, and did everything possible to keep her comfortable. But around this time, her brother Elmo gets arrested, and sentenced to 18 months in jail for attempting to buy bootlegged liquor. While serving his time, he contracts tuberculosis. Let me try that again. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis and wasn't, um, he wasn't hospitalized and he wasn't treated correctly. And so he got super duper sick in jail. And then, as that's happening, as Lorna's learning her brother is super ill and not doing well in jail and not getting the proper care, she also finds out that one of her girls got picked up on a marijuana charge. So she decides he needs some extra help. And this is when she calls if you remember the local lawyer from last time Jim Garrison pretty much the local lawyer to help her with the girl that got arrested and her brother getting her brother helping out and Norma gave him a lot of money to make this happen he even asked her to open a tab for him but he would never come to Norma's he always wanted the girls to come to a hotel it was like he didn't want to be seen at Norma's whatsoever and Norma started to know that he not only wasn't getting much done in the way of her Elmo or and, and also he was slow to pay his tab and a lot of time was going on without any updates. what was he doing to get her brother out? her girl had been released. no thanks to him though. Jim though he wasn't playing to play fair. he had one goal in mind. When it comes to playing this game, and it was to spin it so that it benefited him, and yeah, pretty much him and him only. I would say maybe he was trying to benefit the city people who were calling for vice cleanup. However, I don't even think they benefited from Jim Garrison either. See, Jim, well, he seemed a lot a bit selfish, but he was also kind of icky. He was getting a reputation for being sleazy. He was also hassling the showgirls and waitresses. There was a French Quarter secret going around that he was bi and would frequent the local gay birds, where he would also harass men there as well. And one day he offered to walk an exotic dancer home, where when getting there, she attempted to end the night with basically saying goodnight at her front door he didn't want to go though and he wanted to invite him in himself inside however she didn't want to and when he realized that she he wasn't gonna change her mind uh he got super angry. He which what, what else is now? He got super angry and um and told her one day soon she was going to regret not letting him inside. Turns out that Jim was taking money from all of the French Quarter establishments, using the money to campaign an out-of-the-blue run for district attorney in 1961. He had no chance, except that he made quite a name for himself in his, you guessed it, vice-sweep campaign. So while he was fully involved in vice, loving his life, he was also campaigning like they all do that he was going to be New Orleans savior. He was going to clean the city. His victory though still swept the city by surprise. His first big move as district attorney was make a big show of raiding and padlocking a lot of the bee drinking establishments and lounges that he took money from to campaign. Like we learned on the first part with Norma, when establishment was padlocked, that means it couldn't be reopened for an entire year. This made it nearly impossible for businesses to survive pretty much closing their doors, for good. One of the first places he made it sure to raid personally was the poodle lounge who had given him $10,000. But he had a personal vendetta. He needed his newfound power for, and well, Susanna, the exotic dancer who told him no, just so happened to work at the poodle lounge, and when he raided it, he had her arrested right away. A few weeks later, Susanna was on stage again, this time fully dressed because at this moment, exotic dancing, stripping was not allowed. So like, it was considered part of vice. But this time around, she was on stage, fully dressed at a different club where he found out she was there and again had her arrested this time in front of a crowd full of people. She was very embarrassed, but she also figured that this was what he had meant when he had said she was going to soon regret not letting him in her house. Even though she wasn't doing anything wrong, but she had turned him down and slept with him. So, of course, that gave him all the reason in the world to harass her. He was pretty much just putting on a show like they all were, though, because he arrested a lot of people and a lot of cases just got dropped and dismissed. He didn't care that outcome. All he really needed were the headlines to read well for him, to continue his crusade. didn't matter he was shutting down places that had been thriving and well-beloved within the city for years, the next thing Jim did was make a big political stink of the police still being corrupt, which in turn pissed off Giaruso, who immediately challenged him to file charges against any policeman that he had evidence on being corrupted. This, of course, didn't happen. However, it still caused a war between Rosso and um, Garrison. Which did not go well for those who were still operating within the French quarters. Rosso, who must most likely could have been an ally, now had a mission to prove to the city that Garrison was wrong. And he he was the problem, not his team. Gio Russo cracked down on Vice Squad the Vice Squad, and just like that, Norma became public enemy number one all over again. Gio hired Frederick. Savera? Frederick Savera, who was a very dapper, stuck-up man with a fancy mustache. Him and Gio discussed the fact that Norma had been pretty much operating for 40 years without ever being caught. And for Gio, it wasn't personal. It was just work. He had to be the one to get Norma before Garrison would. Rumors of her big, black, book were well known, and the thought that she may be looking at some heat made a lot of very important people very, very nervous. The first thing Frederick did when taking over the police department was pretty much fire the entire department. He was like, peace. He only kept on three men that had uh, upstanding rep- like upstanding reputation. However, in District 1, you never really know, and one of the men he had chosen to keep on was Donald Pierce, who just so happened to be seeing Terry. Terry worked for Norma. Of course, his loyalty laid with her, even though he still had to pay Every time he went on a date with her. So Donald started feeding Terry and Norma information. And because of that, Donald started getting a weekly envelope delivered to him, of course, by Rosemary when she wasn't fired. (laughs) It wasn't long, though, before Frederick started to become aware of the internal leak. Frederick then started to feed Donald false information. The night that Donald was graduating college, he knew he would be out. Frederick knew he was going to be out of the office. So he planned his attack on Norma. Some calling this her last act. However, we still have a ways to go with Norma's story. And I don't agree with that statement. That night, Frederick went to the police academy and picked out six young men who weren't quite ready to graduate into the police force yet. Suspecting that Norma knew all of the graduating class somehow, he decided to pick out youngins that were far enough along in the academy, but not quite ready to graduate. He also made sure to pick out a young man named Nazar, and he made him the leader of this, like, Six man group Um The reason why was because Frederick knew that Norma Liked the tall dark Handsome type And we cannot forget she liked him young Okay he sent them out that Night to be to the bee drinking Establishments and lounges To see if he could catch anyone Stripping Or just selling drinks Or gambling Nobody bit them. And that's kind of what they were hoping for, I think, in the long run anyways, because the real mission was Norma. So when it was time to send, he sent undercover crew to Norma's. Norma, who just so happened to be working the door that night, because summers were real dull for Norma, usually most of the good men were out of town on family vacations, and this night was particularly dead, okay? So Norma had already sent most of her girls home, and only had six still there. She was thinking to herself, if nothing exciting happened soon, she was just Going to go ahead and close out for the night. That was just when the six boys knocked on our door. Norma immediately told the boys she didn't recognize them and they were not coming in. But Nazar, the one that was specifically picked out to sweet talk Norma, got started on doing just that. Nazar took the lead, claiming that he had took the lead, claiming that he had had the best time at her house a couple years back, and even going as far as to be, pretend being hurt. Then Norma didn't remember him because apparently. They had some sweet, sweet conversations the time before he'd never been there. They were posing as some out-of-towners celebrating their college graduation, and they were in desperate need of ladies to continue celebrating. Norma still told them no. (laughs) Nazar, though, was also not willing to give up, so he kept trying all the while also trying to seduce her with his eyes. And Norma did something she'd never done before. She thought, what the hell? And she let them in. Once in, the boys knew that they had about 30 minutes before the raid actually began, and money actually needed to be exchanged in order to prove, yeah, in order to prove it. So, all the guys picked a girl and went upstairs. That's when some chaos started, okay? Within a few seconds, most of the girls were shouting that they were police and that they were getting raided. Norma jumped into action, but never once panicking. Nazar had watched her as the chaos started and said that she reminded him and inc- she remained incredibly calm the entire time. Mm, but that makes sense because... <laughs> She's been doing this for 40 years. This was nothing new for her. Her first move was to tell the bartender and the sixth girl who had brought Norma the money and had it made it back to her date to go out the side door and get out of there. She told Jackie to go ahead and go out the front door. Norma also took the $120 she had gotten from the boys that she knew by now was 100% marked, to so she gave that money to Marie, her maid and her lifelong like friend. And Marie as a maid, she knew she could pretty much be invincible. So she walked right out the side and stashed the money outside in a car. That was about the time the door got busted down. Nobody, though, was really paying attention to her. So she was able to slip back in, slip out and back in without anyone being the wiser. The last thing Norma did was take her nightly record that she kept on tissue paper in her drawer and burned it and flushed it down the toilet. This was all going down with the chaos. Within the house, with naked girls running and screaming and crying and police officers stomping around asserting their authority. When Frederick finally made it it to Norma, he wanted his marked money. That was the evidence he needed. If he couldn't find it, he may not even have a real case. Norma had plenty of money in her house that night, about 500 The marked money, though, was nowhere to be found. He tried to make a power move by saying he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going to leave until he got his money. Frederick and Norma got into it about the money. Norma told him that he would never find it. Frederick pissed, threatened Norma that he was going to have his men bust up her place, punch holes in the walls, whatever they had to do. Norma smirked and said, "Frederick, where's your warrant?" And that was brought an end to Frederick's power moves. Um, Because he knew he was not likely to get a warrant at this hour with judges that most likely were willing to look the other way for Norma, as they probably had their names in that big black book of hers. Terry tried to get out of being arrested by mentioning that she was seeing Pierce, Frederick didn't care, but he did tell her the only way he was going to not arrest her is if she turned on Norma. Terry said no way, and that was the end of that. While in the police car going down to be booked, Nazara made sure to be in the car with Norma because, turns out, Nazar was really fascinated by Norma, and even though Norma thought he was a son of a bitch, she asked him to dinner. He agreed immediately, even with his captain in the car with him. He, Nazar wanted her to like him and didn't want him, her to take anything personally, and Norma couldn't get over his good looks and youth, I guess. They never actually ended up going to dinner, because I think Norma moves on. We'll find out why. <laughs> Norma was booked on June 10th, 1962, and... She got charged with three very serious charges, prostitution, pandering, and letting the premises for prostitution. When they booked her, she, of course, lied about her age, and the newspapers reported that she was 41. She was actually 61. Norma also called in favors to keep what should have been a front page story off the front page, and it ran in a small column. Not one of the girls turned on Norma, no matter how much Frederick tried everything to get them to do so. He had no statements, nor did he have the marked money. So what did he really have? The one win that Frederick really had was this raid was the that was the raid that was the hundred percent proof of Pierce being a spy for Norma. The police force had their own way of dealing with guys like Donald Pierce, the kind that played the game and got caught. They transferred him out of the glitzy 1st District of the French Quarters into the 5th District near the industrial part of town. And the 5th District was known to be very, very rough and to be... um, Very rough, known for its shootouts and murders, which was a far, far cry from the razzle-dazzle of Bourbon Street. They continued to watch him closely until he turned in his resignation on July 31st, 1962. McCoy had been miserable since the June 10th bust because Norma was actually facing jail time this time around. She had to go to court. There was a trial set. They were fighting even more now over anything and everything. One night when she got mad, she kicked McCoy out of her Wagaman house and she came up with a plan. She got ready and hit the town with one mission on her mind. We know Norma by now that when she needed to get her mind off the business, she did that with one thing and one thing only. That was men. And since McCoy and her were fighting so much, he wouldn't do. Someone she hadn't been alone with years but she definitely wanted to change that now that he was of age do you know who i'm talking about (laughs) going to her best friend elise she wasn't coy about asking where she could find her nephew wayne bernard the one that she initiated at 14 His aunt not caring and also knowing that by this time he was over 21, he'd been divorced and and a father by now, and um, that was a year ago, so Elise didn't see a problem with Norma pursuing him now that he was 22. She found him in the mist. This was a local hangout where he and his friends usually started and ended their nights. When Norma walked in, she had all the boys' eyeballs popping out as she was in a very tight red dress that left little to the imagination. Nobody, of course, recognized her except for one person, Wayne, because nobody forgets their first especially when their first was someone like Norma Wallace. She walked to the bar while Wayne practically fought his way out of the booth creating quite a ruckus. He slid up to Norma where they had a drink and left together not only not once saying a word to his friends. They drank they drank and danced their way through the hot spots that night until 2 or 3 a.m. She invited him back to her house. She told him that Mac and her were separated and they finished what they started all those nights ago in the barn. The next morning, worked woke up and served him breakfast in bed where they made love again. A small love affair started between Rain and Mrs. Peterson. She would be with him all night one night and then disappear from him a couple nights for a couple nights, only to pop right back up again until one night she just vanished from her his life. The reason behind Norma's fully disappearing from his life was because she had decided to go to jail her lawyer wanted to fight the charges and was very confident he would get her out of all of it in my opinion norma may have just been tired and wanting a reason to give a real reason to herself to be done with her business and actually go into retirement And I think that only the only way she would have been able to do to fully convince herself that it was time to leave the game was to learn what could happen if she wasn't careful. Because she'll say about her June 10th arrest that she was so happy it was her that let the men in and not Jackie or Rosemary because she knew she would never, ever, ever have forgiven them had it been them. But to be honest, had it been Jackie or Rosemary working the door, I don't think those boys would have ever been let in. So she was tired and that brought her to this jail sentence. She also didn't want she also really didn't want the publicity a trial would bring. She really didn't want the pe- people of Wagaman, especially Wayne, knowing who she really was. So Norma found out who the judge was going to be on her case, and it just so happened to be Bernard Cox, a customer and a friend. She scheduled a private meeting with him, and Cock told her that if he did find her guilty, she was looking at a year and a day behind bars. If though, however, she decided to plead guilty, he would give her three months, and she could get that out of the way in six weeks. So Norma agreed and pleaded guilty. To a very upset lawyer. <laughs> Norman knew that she had been off her game for a while now, and prior to her arrest in June, she had been seriously thinking of giving it up again. She was a bit bummed because if she had, she would have been the only big time landlady who would have never gone to jail. She was arrested and handcuffed and led into the parish prison. McCoy came to see her, but when he did, he offered her no words of comfort except harping on about how he knew it would come to this and just making her feel really bad only really adding to their estrangement. Only really adding to their estrangement. Norma really couldn't stand the conditions to, of her cell. She had roommates that she had to use the bathroom in front of the others, and rats were jumping all over her. The whole place was crawling with mice, roaches, and bedbugs. So her next visitor was a lifelong friend, Arthur Carol, who promised her he would see to getting her a cell to herself. Couldn't really help the cleanliness of the, the whole situation, though. Until that could happen, though, she had to deal with a gang of six that were known to beat up the landladies, and and honky-tonk owners. The first full day, they tried to bully her, but Norma wasn't having any of it. She was going to learn to play the game with the girls. So when a girl named Nell, who was in for forgery, offered to be her maid, in in return Norma would buy her cigarettes. Norma then realized she could have all of these girls working for her because she had something they wanted that they didn't have. And that was a lot of money. She started buying things for everyone, soda, ice creams, whatever they wanted. She was also nice to them, talked to them and listened to them, told them stories of her life. She never tried to act superior or unique. Most of them were just in on drug charges, so she made sure to never rat on them. There was a lot she could have ratted on them for, and a lot of those situations could have reduced her sentence, but she chose not to. And I think she started to kind of feel bad for some of the girls, or most of the girls in prison. The girls had nothing to do. There was legit no form of entertainment like, at all. So, the girls would find their own ways, which was usually something that could and would get them in trouble if caught. While Norma was within the jail, she she thought that the way they treated the inmates was a crime worse than most in the jail had committed. And that's saying something. The jail was so bad, it was falling apart and dirty and just all around pearly ran. Normal also got a taste of what it was like to be looked at as a criminal. As one day, she went to see the doctor to ask for her prescribed blood pressure medicine. The doctor treated her like total shit, being nasty with her and acting as if she was the worst drug addict he'd ever seen. All over her just asking for her prescription medicine. She gave up without her medicine and returned to her cell. Norman was most disturbed by the alcoholic's though because they roused some childhood memories she wasn't able to run from in the jail and with nothing to distract her She attempted to adopt some of them, especially the ones with children, nagging the hell out of them, telling them what it was like to have grown up with alcoholic parents. One of them that she adopted after getting out, Norma stayed on her ass for three years to keep her out of trouble for the sake of her kids. Until finally, the girl moved back to her family farm and Norma considered her rehabilitated. After being released, Norma wished she could help them all. She felt that she could help rehabilitate some of the women within the prison. She felt that there was a way to get through to them. It wasn't what the prison was doing, which was them having a preacher come in every Saturday night and lecture preach at them for a few hours. However, the jail had rules that once you've been in, you can't come back to visit. So Norma did her six weeks playing dead mother and counselor the best she could. After being released from jail, Norma said she wouldn't be going back to the business. I told myself many times, the day I do time in jail, unless it's the Roosevelt Hotel with bars on the doors to a suite, I'm out of the business. And at this time, you're probably thinking Norma's story is coming to an end. But that would not be the case, because even though Norma said she was quitting, it was a lot easier said than done. Norma put a... Nona put her 1026 Conti Street up for sale, pretty much willing to sell everything within the house as well for just 50 grand. She wanted nothing more to be out. A lot of people came to see, but no offers were made. It became very clear when tour bus started showing up to tour the house that that the house was going to be a lot harder to get rid of than she thought. Norma, though, no matter how much she said she was done, didn't stop altogether. She continued to run girls out of hotels and motels and had Jackie still answering and fielding calls for her. During this time, Max started a cab company and started driving cabs. He told her he was leaving her, which hurt her, but what bothered her the most was the way he left and looted her Wagaman house. So it was time for a distraction again. And so Norma, well, she went out looking for Wayne Bernard once again. Wayne though had thought Norma had left his life forever and was seeing another woman named Betty at this time. And Betty, who at this point was pushing Wayne to propose to her, which he was gearing up to do just that. However, when Norma walked back into Wayne's life, it foiled Betty's plans, and and in Wayne's brain, Betty was history. Norma and Wayne picked right back up as if she had never left. Not having to have their love affair on the low anymore, Norma started taking Wayne to her stomping grounds in the French Quarter, where Norma treated him like a king. Norma spent money as if it had been printed in her house, and for Wayne, who was making $35 a week working at the shipyard, this was so new and dazzling. Miss Peterson also started giving him a couple hundred dollars every time they would go out without ever telling him how he needed to spend it. Wherever they went out, they were treated like royalty and Wayne just loved it. This was a whole new world that opened up for him because of Norma. At this time, Norma stopped running anything out of Konti's street home because she knew it was still very, very hot. However, they still fielded the phones and dispatched from Conti. One day, when Jackie was working the door, she seen two men walking up at the driveway and knew right away they were cops, so she threw the buzzer and got no response from Norma, which at first totally irritated her. Jackie and Rosemary came to the front to confront the cops just in time to spot Norma turning the hose on to the men who had a warrant that she blasted right out of their hands. Sometimes, though, the temptation for Norma was too much, and Norma started making more and more exceptions here and there. So by the spring of 1963, 1026 was some way back in play. In April, Norma had a few Latin men come to her house, who came highly recommended by some good men. She only had a couple of girls within the house, and so Rosemary had to help out, which she did on occasions when Norma needed her, but Norma knew she would never hear the end of it, and Norma was thinking pretty much, okay, I'm gonna have to buy her something to get her to do this. So yeah, when things were going well with the Latins and everyone was in their prospective places, Nora went up to her her own room and she was suffering from a major, major hangover, which was more common than not these days for how much her and Wayne would be going out. She was in the middle of undressing when her front door gets busted down. Norma, naked, got Rosemary and the other girl and two of the the other two latins into the hideout. Right as the door was being shut though, one of Norma's poodles ran into the hideout. With no time to grab her, they had to keep their fingers crossed that both the Latins, who didn't speak any English, and the poodle would stay calm. Norma pissed and very hungover from the night out with Wayne the night prior, met the cops downstairs, greeting them very naked. She had totally forgotten that she hadn't finished getting dressed. The search went on for hours, to the point that Norma left the cops at a certain point to just finish getting dressed. And then it continued to go on. Frederick, though, swore he had seen another person in the house and was not believing Norma when she was letting him know she was home alone. So they continued to go through the house, tapping on everything. Meanwhile, in the hideout, the men were having a good time, but Maggie the poodle didn't really like the men, and Rosemary had to try to keep her calm, but she didn't like the dark. So she decided to ask the bartender who was also in the hideout um, if he could try to find the flashlight she knew was somewhere within the hideout. The bartender, trying to be nice, gets up to look and accidentally hits a thing of paint, which falls on the girls. So now the hideout was Full, cramped, hot as hell, still dark, and smelling like paint. Rosemary was so irritated, and as the hours passed, the Latins also started getting a little nervous. In the main house, though, Norma hung over and all this tapping on the walls, really writing her nerves, started to get real, real frustrated. And as I was going into the fifth hour of the raid, Normal finally had it she started to give it to them letting them know that this was harassment frederick wasn't looking to leave normas though yeah so she decided she was going to call her carpenter and told him that she was going to board everything up because he was threatening to knock holes ev- everything and she was like you know what i'm so angry just do what you got to do but i'm also calling my carpenter we're about to board this place up so frustrated, she even decided to just start doing it herself. So here she is, just hung over, like nailing boards into the walls. This for some reason, made Frederick leave. <laughs> By the time she finally got, got all of them out of their hideout, it'd been past five hours. and Rosemary, who was covered in drying candy red paint, was pissed off. She really thought that Norma had forgotten about them. No doubt, Norma had to spoil, spoil Rosemary to calm her down. Norma pretty much pissed off at the fact that the police were raiding her daily, and she was still paying graft to them and garrison, but We know now that he was shady as fuck and he was threatening to padlock Norma's as well. And that was the last straw and the last trick Norma ever turned in 1026 Kanti. Even still though, that wasn't the end of Norma's story, nor her days of running a house. Norma, even though she told herself she was done with this game plenty of times, The itch came back every time. Norma and Wayne were still in full-blown whirlwind romance. At least that's how Wayne felt. Norma was different than any other girl he'd ever been with. Norma treated him like a king and she didn't just lay there making him do all the work like the other girls had been he'd been with she knew things that no other girls he had been with could do she was amazing in bed though he wasn't always able to escape enormous anger and she liked to call their fights little ruckuses one time at a night out on the town she got so angry with him she chased him around her car even going this far to take her shoes off and try to hit them him with them Wayne, though, never let anything get to him, so he just eventually got her in her car and home. The next day, Norma woke up to feet that were beat up, but Wayne just kissed and rubbed them. Eventually, Norma asked Wayne to move into the Wagaman house with her, and he agrees, of course. When he moved in, though, she told him that she also had a few of her nieces living with her. He didn't have to wander far from Mrs. Peterson's side, so at first, He didn't ask many questions of the ongoings of the house until one day when he caught one of the nieces getting it on with someone late in the evening. Coming back to the room to find Norma, he finally asked what actually was going on in this house. Norma took him out onto the bedroom patio and whispered to him that her name was not Mrs. Peterson. At first, Wayne laughed, not really getting it, but was finally, but not really getting it, but she finally brought up the time his Uncle Bubba had brought him to Contai. He started to listen at that point because how would she know this information, and she told him that she owned that house, and that she was a madam, and that those were her girls. But true to Wayne's way, he just went on with it and was even more mystified by her. They tried to keep the fact that she was now running her house out of the wagon under wraps. But one day, someone at the shipyards found out who he was seeing and the entire shipyard when within a few minutes, the entire shipyard was also informed of the fact. People he had never even talked to felt that they were entitled to the connections and wanted in on the action, except of course, they didn't want to pay. knew Wayne. So Wayne, of course, was going to be able to get them in for free, right? That's how this works. At Norma's suggestion, he retired from the shipyard. One day when Norma was out of the house and Wayne was doing some work around the property, one of the girls tried to seduce Wayne. Marie, Norma's maid and well-trusted friend, someone who had worked for Norma for a very long time and had moved with her to the Wagaman property had caught her which scared the girl off but Wayne did what he normally did and just let it roll off the girl, though, never approached him again, and neither did any of the others. The word was starting to spread about Norma running a house in Wagamin, and Bubba, who was the new chief of detectives, protected her as much as possible. However, she was still not immune to raids in Wagamin. During the raids, she would sometimes send Wayne and the girls to the sh- chief of police police's house. That's right. Bubba and his wife would hide the girls during raids. The first time this happened, Rosemary freaked when Norma told Wayne to take them to Bubba's. Norma, though, said, what the hell, Rosemary? Who would think about looking there? And she was right. No one would ever dare. After one rain, Norma and Wayne took a vacation to Mexico to lay low for a bit, where she spoiled him rotten, took him to dinner, drinks, shopping sprees, staying at luxury hotels. She had told him she had brought five grand with her and was determined not to leave until they spent all of it. And that's exactly what they did. Norma also loved to flirt with others in front of Wayne, just to make sure he would react the way that pleased her. Because he was a total aloof about things, she wanted to make sure he wasn't aloof about her. Upon returning to Wagaman, Bubba got into a bad, bad accident, leaving him blind in one eye and with a limp, forcing an early retirement. His boss told him pretty much that meant Norma was fair game. And he immediately told Norma that no, he no longer could offer her protection anymore. And he, and he also told her she should shut it down Height. And you know what? Norma listens. Officially, officially bringing an end to a 40-year career in April 1964. Can you believe that we started this journey in 1901? And we are here. 1964 was the last time she ever Turned a truck. Times were changing and she knew the game was also changing as well. Politically, they were using busting houses to make an attempt to show that they were doing their job, and that also allowed them to cover up all the other corruption that was still running rampant. The old, you know, smoke and mirrors. Norma, though, knew she would need something to keep her head out of the game. She needed something to keep her busy. So Norma well she went legit and decided she was going to open a restaurant. Norma named her restaurant Chapatulis which meant big water that she technically stole from the plantation across the way from her. But um what can you say? Once in vice, always in vice. They play by different worlds. Noma started planning her menu and shopping for her new restaurant. Meanwhile, her and Wayne moved into the smaller house on the Wagaman property, and started renovating the main house for what she wanted her for how she wanted her restaurant because she planned on running her restaurant out of that wagabin property. She loved the beauty of the house and the romantic oaks and that still covered the entire property, making it very chic, mysterious, and of course, still very, very seductive. She also got peacocks to roam the property. She wanted a small menu, just steaks and a single cocktail that her and Wayne came up with, and they called it the Southern Bell. The Southern Bell consisted of gin, rum, brandy, and lemon juice, a little bit of orange juice, and passion fruit. And they said gave the hurricane a run for its money. Norma, though, was worried that with her reputation, no one would want come. So she decided to hire a manager to run it. Basically, him being the face of the, the actual restaurant and her being a... Uh, anonymous backer was what she was hoping. This man came highly recommended in the restaurant industry, and he also knew her brother, Elmo, who had been out of jail for now for a bit. No thanks to Jim Garrison, though. Her manager, though, well, he sucked. <laughs> he was just bad. And she realized that if she didn't do something soon, she would be losing her 20000 investment. So, she did what she knew she needed to. She fired her manager and she took over. She felt that good wor- good food and word of mouth was the way to go. She was still very afraid that no one would come if they knew who she who actually owned it. So she went down to some local places and talked to some locals, people mentioning, she talked to some of the locals, mentioning Chapatulas in their conversation. That following Saturday night, they were packed. They continued to be packed from then on out. What was supposed to be a small operation quickly turned into a large one, and she invested another 30 grand. Hello, we are back. We took a short break because, of course, my camera died, and we've literally had one day since I said I should get a new battery. So we haven't got a new battery, but that's okay. Um, While... Well, Letting the camera battery recharge, we have still had back pain, since burnt her tongue on soup, just two seconds ago, my cat wouldn't settle down, and spilt the drink, spilt the, or no, he didn't spill the drink, I spilled the drink, he spilled the ring light over, I spilled the drink on myself trying to catch the ring light, so you know, it's just been one of those days where everything is bucked but that's okay. Life goes on and we will continue on. (laughs) Um, I have decided that this lovely mocktail, delicious, like literally like fresh lime, fresh lemon and grapefruit juice, a little bit of ginger beer, stir that, stir that sucker up. It's like a sour soda. (laughs) Delicious. I love it. Okay. Where were we? Let's get back to it. Okay, so she uh, she had just invested another 30 grand into her new restaurant and her patrons were really coming to see her and what a real madam looked like. So they were like, a lot of these people were coming because they knew who she was and, um, they wanted to learn more about her and learn her life and her story and just see her in real life. Cause she had such a, she had such a unique story even back then. <clears throat> It only helped that they also could get delicious food and a drink there. Everyone, though, expected somewhere upstairs, there was a horror house. Even though, really everything upstairs was just storage. She had retired from the game. She was also really trying to escape rumors because everyone believed it. And even the cops loved to show up at her house or I'm sorry, show up at her restaurant and they would often do checkups on things. And she's like, damn guys, I'm really just over here running a restaurant. I don't have anything going on upstairs. She also went about trying to get people to believe her by not hiring any woman for like waitstaff or anything. She chose to just hire, uh, actually African-American men. So that still did not get the rumors to go away though. It got to the point that even the sheriff and men started, um, Full raids on her restaurant. So, no matter what Norma did, she couldn't get people to believe that she was not running the house anymore. So, Norma does what Norma does best. Finally, she gives up on the idea that she can ever run or convince people of her. That she finally gives up on the idea that she could ever convince people that she is not running a house and she just decided she was going to fully lean into her reputation why not if people are already coming out to see you they want to know about you and it's bringing money into your restaurant you might as well so she would get dressed up every night nightly coming into her restaurant um and talk about her tales really her life tales and people were into it they loved it mm-hmm. and so people would come to hear about her past just kind of see her in her glitzy way and um yeah but then one night a good man came into her bar excited to see her he eventually puts a hundred down do- hundred dollars down on the bar and asked her to go get him a girl, and just like that, the temptation, the itch was back, and she thought long and hard. It could be so easy, she thought. She had so many contacts still, maybe just to cheat a little, but surprisingly, Norma fought that urge, and she said, No, darling, I'm sorry, I'm finished in that business, and turned the good man down. I'm sure he was shocked, but he respected her decision, and he left. Norma was so proud of herself, and knew that she had finally did it. Finally, at the moment at least, had retired from the game. Business continued to make business continued to explode for her, and she continued to make big changes and upgrades to the restaurant. Wayne did a lot of the handiwork and was coming into work to um, work the lunch and night crowds as well. Norma handled all the money, ordering and hiring. Phil Harris was known to stop by when he was in town. He loved it, and Big Mo was one of the of her well-known customers and regulars who he loved to come and reminisce with her late into the evening. Nana's anger, though, wasn't getting any better. At this point, it was practically legendary, and Wayne was not immune, even though he was one of the only people to let her anger slide right off of him. Never even protesting when she had him sign her checks over to her or when she didn't allow him to have his own bank account. He didn't care. He was just that type. Nothing bothered him. Norma loved all the attention that her restaurant brought her. It was like the same thing as when she was younger and walking into the Blue Room. It felt the same. All eyes on her. The thing that she didn't like about her restaurant, though, was all the attention that Wayne got from the young girls who were coming in to see Madam, but also maybe the bartender. Now, remember, Wayne's way younger than Norma is, but he was still seeing her, he was still involved with her, you know, he liked her. She would often lose it on him when she thought he was giving a female guest too much attention. Norma at a certain point decided they should get married, telling him that her lawyer suggested it. Him not caring because he loved her and at least loved or at least loved the way he treated her or at least loved the way he was treated around her, they were married February 18th in 1965. Marriage didn't stop the young ladies, though, from trying to flirt and get the attention of Wayne. So, Norm decided they needed a place away from the restaurants and town. And uh, she wanted to get him away from Wagaman in general. So, she brought a 75-acre piece of land in Mississippi. All in her name, of course. She then later would go on to buy another hundred and five acres when the plot next to that one went up for sale. Wayne was kept busy building them a new house, and he loved the property she had brought bought. Norma would still go to the restaurant nightly and she would dress up and make a big show of her jewelry especially her two diamond wings that she had gotten from Andy Wallace and Sam Hunt. If something fell in the kitchen and would make a loud noise or bang, it's enough to make a disturbance in the dining room, she would come out and make a big act saying, that was just my diamond ring. It fell off my finger. Her patrons absolutely loved it. I mean, it was hilarious. Bubba, though, was r- real worried about her flaunting all her jewelry nightly. He told her that she needed to be really careful. Norma, though, felt as if she didn't have all this jewelry for it to sit in a box. So she kept flaunting. In 1967, when she closed up, and, when she closed up shop and she was cleaning the kitchen, Wayne was outside working on things within the yard. When all of a sudden, Norma was attacked by two men in a mask. They wanted those rings. Norma hadn't taken them off for years, though, so she couldn't get them off her fingers, even though even though she was trying like hell. The, the robbers got pretty antsy and mad, and one of them threatened if she didn't get them off her fingers, they were going to cut her fingers off. Norma, freaking out, started pulling, twisting, doing anything she possibly could to get these damn rings off her finger. The robber grabbed her and had grabbed some cutters, and she was begging him, like, to please not hurt her. She thought for sure she was going to lose her fingers that night. Luckily, though, he just cut the bands off of her finger, and they fled. Norma immediately called the cops and Bubba. Bubba knew that the robbers had to be still hiding on the property, so when the cops got there, he asked them to follow them into the woods, except they didn't. They kind of just laughed the whole thing off and, like, went and had coffee with Wayne. Uh, It was weird. To me, this is where my opinion of Wayne changes, I don't know why they didn't take it more seriously or why I just noticed this chair is so squeaky. Has that been happening the whole time? Oh, that's going to be so annoying. Okay, I'm going to try to do my best not to move. (laughs) Damn it. Okay, but yeah, so this is where my opinion on Wayne starts to change, okay? You tell me how you feel about him after this. Um... They basically did nothing, and uh, even though the robbers were still in the woods that night, Baba didn't get no help from them, and they were never caught. Real sad. Norma, well, this affected her. Wayne said she lost some of her spark and spunk that night. Some of the fire left her. I mean, of course, that's a scary situation, and when you really think your life is in dire threat, that can affect you and when you don't get the proper care and aftercare yeah it, it'll it does fuck you up a little bit and also she lost two things that were so important to her and it was like no one cared Ugh, what a time to be alive Norma being uncomfortable with what happened to her at the restaurant because it probably re-traumatized her every time she was alone or even having to go back to the, the spot she got attacked. Norma was still very uncomfortable with the country living, though she started spending more and more time in her new property. And even though it was very secluded and very country living, She decided that it was time to give up her glamorous job of hosting a popular restaurant to move to the country with Wayne after her, um, officially. This move really came especially after her brother died. Elmo passed away in 1968. So this really nailed the coffin to sell Chapitulis and fully, fully retire for Norma. Marie, her faithful maid, also moved with her and Wayne to the new property. The land they chose was incredibly isolated, out of the middle of nowhere, and it was about a three-hour drive to New Orleans. I would say that... This was the final act of Norma Wallace, or at least the restaurant stage was, because she was still able to live a very, very glamorous life up until that point. And now we are heading to the final act of Norma Wallace, but I want to warn you that it is going to get a bit sad moving forward, and then it ends just gonna maybe wrench your heart out a little bit and i know that might give it away a little bit but i also don't think you realize so i'm just going to preemptively say trigger warning <laughs> okay let's keep going in the beginning it wasn't bad being isolated with wayne they like to sip wine and wayne loved to ask her to tell stories about her past Norma, though, she could never outrun her past because even in the middle of nowhere, she would get surprise visits from cops who expected her to still be running a house. Anytime she visited the French Quarters, now the place that she loved so dearly wasn't the same. She almost felt as if she was an outsider in a place she used to run. Things were looking very run down including her Conti house and things for the French Quarter politics were still popping off though because Jim Garrison would eventually go on oh would eventually go on to quit as the district attorney and shortly after he would be arrested on the fact that he was bribing and taking graft. Frederick, the one that had arrested her in the end of her time at Conti would end up as well looking to face some real jail time as it came out to he also was part of the gym scheme and was taking graft. They found a bunch of bribe money buried in his backyard when norma found out about that though she thought it was quite funny and quite just for someone like that to be re- facing actual term jail term like big sentence jail term so at least she had that when started to become pretty resentful of Norma at a certain point. He felt that she had put him away and left him out of all the big decisions, like selling the restaurant that he had put zero money into, or when Norma's past friends came to her for help, she would tell Wayne it was better and safer for him not to know what was going on. Norma, though, at 71, was still very prominent and respected. She even got presented with the key of the city for New Orleans. So she still was very much big in this community. This is also when she started recording her life story saying that she was going to spill all the tea um, on those of her past. She, however, never could actually bring herself to name names. Norma also was still very cranky, and Wayne and her started to fight a lot. The making-up part, the part that Norma said made the fight worth it, it started to become less and less. And after 10 years of marriage, their sex life slowed. I would say, pretty naturally, that kind of stuff happens, especially at Norma's age. Um, Wayne started to feel kind of suffocated by her and he wanted to go get a job that normal was normal pretty much was like no why i have a lot of money for us but um he was for some reason starting to become upset with her and eventually would go on to be pretty cruel to her i would say he does get a job, and he starts going out with a couple of his friends he met at said job, <laughs> and started pretty much blaming Norma for not knowing any of the new culture, or being—I don't know—he just starts blaming her for everything. He does—he's mad at her, and so because of that, he just uh, starts treating her cruelly. He, for some reason, then turns on her because he becomes resentful of her just wanting to relive her past because she was at the time recording her stories. But uh, but she would later on say, like, he used to enjoy hearing my stories. So she didn't know what changed. He, I think, just became super negative about r- living in Norma's shadow. He was never going to be as big or as loved as Norma was. And I think that really just didn't sit well with him because he's maybe a jackass. Like, I don't have high thoughts of Wayne. And yeah, I think you'll feel the same out there at the end of this. Mm, yeah, so he at this point is just like irritated about reliving her life. So he's going out with his new work friends and he basically finds any excuse to start cheating on her, leaving her alone and secluded a lot of the time out in this new property or at this time it wasn't new, but it it was the property she was um, had newly gotten Norma had always told him, though. There would be no hard feelings if he chose to leave, but he just had to be honest and leave, cut it clean. He, however, didn't do this. He really strung her along. Of course he did. He knew she was in love with him and that she would keep him and keep feeding him money and keep, he could still have all of the excitement that she brought along and also have his fun because he knew she was in love with him so yeah that's pretty much what happens he is stringing her along leaving her a lot of the times out in the middle of days in and days out and then he would come home to her and love her get money from her and then fight with her and disappear again to cheat on her And eventually he would go on to meet a girl who had two kids and recently she had just gotten divorced and he would start to see her on and off kind of more seriously. She does know that he is married to Norma. And I don't know, she, I guess, doesn't care. However, anytime Norma called him, he would go racing off to her side, which caused some issues with his new girlfriend. Uh, Duh. But Norma knew. She knew in her heart. You know, she had also once been a cheater. But anytime she was cheating, she knew they were cheating on her. So it felt different this time because she had asked him, not to this is at the point that norma's mental health kind of takes a down spiral she's already outliving most of her friends pete had passed away the year prior and now her new newer younger husband was messing around on her so one day when she was visiting with bubba and elise she was laughing at him because he had was old and he he had that accident and he was kind of limping and um so he told her norma don't you worry you'll be feeling this soon enough this is when she responded with oh no bubba you'll never see this old whore limp you'll never see this whore get old she decided that she couldn't stand being out in the middle of nowhere by herself nightly all the time she spent most of her time alone At this point, her maid had already, like, retired and gone home to her family, and so she decided she was going to sell the property and move, and Wayne threw the biggest fit. He got super mad at her, even though, again, he put zero money into this, um... Property, but he cried to her, saying, "Like you know how much I love this property, and you know how much time I've put into this property." And uh, yeah, he just got really mad at her, and that caused more of a rift between the two of them. I think well, for him, he will just get there. and I'll tell you my my feelings on him, anyways. He threw a fit, and for her, it was like she didn't care. She was selling it because. Um, if he loved it so much Norma thought why was he never there so um, she didn't care she sold it she thought this that selling the property and buying a new place in Bush would make Wayne a little bit more happier anyways and um, she thought she found a great property for the two of them it was still out in the middle of nowhere, but it was a little bit closer, I guess. And so she felt that maybe this would bring them closer. It, however, does not. And um, yeah, so she's still in the middle of nowhere and sh- she's still being cheated on. And this actually brings her this actually brings Wayne and Norma closer to the girl he was seeing. So it didn't really work the way Norma wanted it to. This is about the time that Rosemary also starts to visit. She is married someone else, um, who also not a great person. He was like, like, also like grew up on the streets and had a heroin problem but at least he didn't um put his hands on her or anything and she also was running her own little house um in the french quarters so rosemary had learned a two thing or two and kind of took up the business she also had a son who was born with cerebral palsy, and she was the greatest mom she could be to that baby she put that baby um above ever everything she loved her baby Um, Rosemary really tried to convince Norma to come back to the French quarters and let her take care of her. Rosemary really loved Norma and knew that Wayne at this point was not treating her the way he should be treating her. And, um, she really wanted to take care of Norma. She felt that the isolation was bad for her mental health, but also she should come back to the French quarters and be where her heart really lay. Norma, though, sadly, she had other plans. Norma, at her wit's end with Wayne, they have a fight, and they got into a big one, a big fight. When she tells him if she doesn't start feeling better, she was going to shoot herself. Wayne, being the selfish little prick he is, said very hurtful things to her and left. Coming back a few nights later uh, to start it all over again and when she told him that she was so lonely and she was going to end her life and you know what he did? He still didn't believe her and left. So one day she went to Sydney. This is Rosemary's husband, and she asks him for a gun. Norma felt that she either had to kill Wayne herself or kill herself. Sydney, who just grew up on the streets and was now a full-blown addict, told her he would get her a gun. He didn't really think this one through or where it was going to go or anything like that so the following weekend rosemary and sydney come out to visit with norma and norma gave rosemary letters and she was like please get these to my lawyer she also gave she stuffed rosemary's purse with a ton of money and um a bunch of jewelry She gave her her little black book, or her big black book, should I say, and she just gave, she was just giving Rosemary everything, um, and then, uh, she then decides to go into the kitchen by herself, and make a couple calls. She called Bubba, and he did not answer, unfortunately. He wasn't home, and then he, she calls Sarah Elmo's widow, his wife, where she tells her she was going to kill herself and sarah begs her not to telling her that she was on her way to see her and to please don't you know but norma had made up her mind and what we have learned about norma was that when she wanted something she got it and this time was no difference and with sarah still on the phone And Rosemary, in the living room, she fired the gun twice. One of the bullets entering her head and the other the ceiling. Rosemary, of course, immediately freaks out and calls the cops. Norma was still alive. Wayne, when he got the call later, letting him know he should go home, where then he finds a ton of blood in the kitchen and proceeds to clean it up before going to the hospital, still not knowing what's going on. Um, Yeah, can't say much about the dude. I don't know. (laughs) Norma, she had been in the ambulance, and while in the ambulance, she pleaded, or she not pleaded because she couldn't talk, but she was constantly trying to rip her oxygen mask off, um, trying to end it. She was trying to end it. And Norma went into surgery and, sadly, was pronounced dead at 5.07 on December 14th, 1974. Rosemary had stayed at the hospital with her the entire time. In her emotional state, she had fallen asleep and woken up to find that someone had stolen the money and jewelry Norma had given her. She probably had forgotten all about it. In the course of this traumatizing events, so yeah, Wayne went on to say that he was devastated, so devastated when it was time to spread her ashes, he didn't say anything when Sarah decided to spread her ashes in the river in the French Quarter, never once saying no to her, knowing that Norma hated the water, she hated the water, the fucking disrespect of this man, (sighs) Norma didn't deserve that, I will be honest. To end Norma's story, because that is the end of Norma's story, I could go on to talk to you about Wayne and his asshole ways, but that isn't what this story is about. No, it's about Norma Wallace, the last madame of New Orleans. So to end her story, I will end it with a final quote from the queen herself. I look back at it all and wonder how I did it. But in those days, it was so much going on, so much excitement. Things happened and you lived with it. Running the house was always a strain, always trouble, but it was never dull. As for abolishing prostitution, what is better to have? A nice clean house or what's going on there today here's the deal women get married for one thing security they sell it for one man for rent food and clothes when you look at it that way hookers get more for what they sell now what a wild wild ride that enormous life has been and I will be honest I'm very sad of the way it ends and I knew this was where we were going the whole time. But it was sad. Much sadder reliving it this time. Because the first time I listened to this audiobook, I listened to it in my car on my way to work just randomly throughout a couple months. This time I went on the journey past And and when I got to Wayne, I was ooh. I have personal, personal hatred for that man, I think. Because she didn't deserve that. She did not deserve that from him, the guy she gave so much to, to be honest. She spoiled that boy. Now, the end, it was incredibly sad, but that doesn't define who she was as a person, as a madam, as a woman. I've heard someone think she was let down by someone she loved so dearly and had entrusted her care for her, had entrusted that he'd care for her. Norma, she was a cheater, but so were all her other lovers. They cheated on each other. The one thing she had asked from Wayne was not to cheat on her, or at least to break it off clean, because she wasn't going to cheat on him. And if he wanted to leave, he was free to do so. He, though, he couldn't do that, could he? He wanted to hold on to her neutrality and money with also trying to find his freedom. He screams that she took it away from him. I know with an end like that, most probably pity Norma. Not I, though. I loved her story and what she was able to do within the game. I enjoy her story and all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly. But also her ability to live a very glamorous life in a very powerful position that most ladies back in the day never got the chance to even dream about. Norma will forever, to me, be the queen and last madam of New Orleans i really really hope you enjoyed norma's story as much as i did i was sad i'm sad the way it ended but i don't know i still don't think she would ever want us to be sad because in her mind she chose the way she began and she's choosing the way she was gonna end And so I guess we can be thankful that she knew her life was glamorous and she recorded her adventure. I'm happy that we were able to hear such a wonderful, thrilling story. Yes, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I thank you for being here. And I'm sorry it wasn't animated and we're in a weird spot. We will be back next week in higher spirits, fingers crossed, at least higher spirits, and at least with no back pain, and better lighting. Anyways, um, yeah, so cheers to Norma Wallace. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening, and a great weekend, and I will see you next time. Goodbye! Why did I say it that way? Things are weird today, I'm sorry. Bye! I got something between my legs, gonna make a dead man come out Damn. I got something between my legs, gonna make a dead man come out my matches and let you all my strings I want you to